mountain too great Hear these words and have faith Nine minutes after one o'clock, Radio Veritas, 576 AM. My name is Khanya Ditabe, and I'll be with you until uh, four o'clock this afternoon here on Soft Options. And uh, this is the birthday hour, so you know what to do if uh, you have any people celebrating today. I know my good friend, the Voyo Dale, uh, celebrating his birthday today. Is there anyone else you think I should be calling today? Let me know who they are, and I will get in touch with them. Uh, to find out how they are celebrating. And uh, you know what to do. You just give me a call or send me an email and uh, I will uh, definitely get in touch with them. Our SMS line is uh, 41809. That's 41809. And uh, my email address is khanya, K-H-A-N-Y-A, at radioveritas.co.za. Call now on zero one one four five two seven one one five. And it's ten minutes after one o'clock here on Radio Veritas five seven six uh, AM. So it's uh, the tenth of uh, August, and uh, just uh, maybe you do know somebody celebrating today. I will uh, definitely get in touch uh, with them. My email address Khanya K H A N Y A at radioveritas.co.za. For now, though, here's uh, some uh, John uh, Michael Talbot. This one is called uh, Cave of the Hut. Ten minutes after one o'clock. In the cave of the heart In the cave of the heart Seated in freedom In loyal wandering Silent your heart Silent your soul
John Michael Talbot. And uh, this is Mae Vivian that I was trying there uh, to see how she celebrates uh, today, but uh, clearly uh, we're not uh, getting through to her. Mae Susan Machila. So that was uh, Mae Vivian's number that uh, we were trying there. Benedette celebrating, no, not Benedette, but Father Stephen Tali uh, celebrating uh, his birthday today. I know that uh, out uh, in uh, Namibia, we have a sister, Crispina, MSC, also celebrating her, her birthday today. And uh, so we'd like to say thanks to Shena, to Mahadi Butelezi, to Mempo, and uh, also to Memoira Mpama for Soft Options yesterday. Uh, what a show that was uh, on uh, Women's Day, the 9th of August. Rally Dumedi Sabome Kaufela, Mahadi Butelezi, Meshida Pirish, Mem Pomotamele, and also Memoiram Bama. Uh, for for that we hope to have you back again on the show uh, one of these days it la mea it's a hale more than uh, more than once <laughs> and let's let's make it happen so i'd like to do this specially for you today wome batswara tipa ka bohali 17 minutes after one on radio veritas if you know anybody get in touch with me Giswa ingoma, giswa inhlokoma, giswa isililo, giswa isikhalo, giswa kulilizela, giswa kukhikhizela. Women crying as if they are humming a song. Women of this world, you are amazing. You fought fiercely and conquered. Your gallant deeds shall forever remain indelible in the minds for generations to come. My colleagues are Sizu. At a time of apartheid atrocities, at a time of death squads and flag blasts, at a time of soldiers treated uprising, at a time of total onslaught, women of great courage you were there and firmly stood. You championed the cause of the oppressed masses, you fought double oppression. You fought fiercely. You grabbed the sharp edge of the knife. You kept the fires burning. You suffered the consequences. 
Amazingly, you never succumbed, never gave up, but total all. I know no way enough to describe you. My colleagues are Caesar. Nina Nimbo Roto, Nina Ninsalaba, Umcoco Shurikaya. Beautiful indeed, especially for Member Hari Butelezi, Sheila Pirish, Mempo and Memoira for being in Bogot, for being, for being the rock, for being Bob Meba Tarantipa Thank you very much. 
And, uh, of course, as I say, we need to have you back in uh, soft options uh, one of these days. And uh, let's get it uh, going. Let's get Voice Yabomme uh, on Radio Veritas. It's 23 minutes after 1 o'clock. And uh, we are, well, I've just tried uh, that number there. Temba, just so you know, I've just tried that number. Maybe we actually need to try this one. And let's see where this Thank takes you for us. Calling. Please note that your call may be recorded for quality and security purposes. Oh. Okay, so I wonder what's uh, going on there. Uh, let's quickly see if we can raise Mutusi uh, Mutame, uh, who's also celebrating today. And of course, if you know anybody celebrating uh, on this day, you can get in touch with me anytime and uh, I'll uh, make sure that I actually get in touch with them. It's a very easy number to remember. Call now on 0114527118. Radio Veritas, the good news for a change. 4527115. Now let's see if we can raise Komodo and see how he. No. Mutsume Mutamme is the person we're calling. <laughs> let's see. Mutumi, pick up the phone. Okay, so Mutumi, Mutumi's phone, as you can hear, not uh, going through there. He celebrates his birthday today. He's part of Ahmad Kawe, uh, with Sacred Heart. And so, failing to get hold of him, let's actually go to Namibia. And let's see if we can raise Sister Crispina MSC. She is very young today. Let's see <laughs> how she celebrates her birthday. I think she's out in Van Hook, I think. Hello. Hello, Sister Crispina. Yeah. Oh, Hundred. Oh, thank you. Oh, Hundred. Ah, bye, thank you. Bye, good, Sister Crispina. Hmm. Don't make my singing to soup. Hey, hey, why? No, I want to know. Well, it is before we continue the conversation. Why, sister? Why, why, why is that important? Who you talking to as the first no, thing? No, I need to know. At least it's very important. Why, sister? Is it important? <laughs> <laughs> I would like to know who, who, who. Okay. Well, sister, I'll tell you, you're speaking to Hanya in Johannesburg, and I'm calling to wish you a happy birthday. I'm talking to? My name is Hanya. Hanya. Yes, and I'm calling to wish you a happy birthday, because obviously somebody told me about your birthday today. Who, who, who told you about my birthday? Uh, in fact, I can't remember who told me. 
<laughs> but oh. uh, but I know it's your birthday today. Yeah, it is my birthday, but uh, okay. Thank you very much. I don't even know what to ask anymore. You Okay, sister. Well, now uh, it's my turn to ask then. <laughs> I, I, I need to find out how young you feel today, Sister Crispina. <laughs> no, I don't feel. I feel, I feel, I feel like a grown-up person now. You know, 30 years is not a joke. Yeah? Oh, so you're turning 30? Yes. Wow. And you've been an MSc for how long now? Mm-hmm. I started in 2004. 2004. Okay, so 12 years now. Yes, for 12 years now. Wow, you were 18 when you joined. Mm-hmm. I was 18. And Turning 18, actually. I was 17 when I joined, and then I turned, okay, I turned 18 in August that year, so... Yes, yes, yes. And uh, why the MSCs, Sister Crispina? Why the energy? Yes. So, very nice question, Andy. I don't know. I, 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 I just feel, or oh, it's where God called me. So I had no other religious congregation in my mind, rather than joining the MSC. Yes, yes. Just to spread that love of Jesus, or to live according to the heart of Jesus. So that's all. And what's what's the charism of uh, the MSCs, the, the Missionary Sisters of the Sacred Heart? To make the love of Jesus known mm-hmm. to everybody and every way. So just like the sodality of the Sacred Heart. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sister, I have a message for you. Mm-hmm. And it says, uh, Greetings, Khanya. I'd like to wish Sister Crispina, MSc in Namibia, a happy birthday as she turns 30 years old. And it says, Sister Crispina, I wish you a joyful day and God, uh, God's blessings as I pray with you and for you. And Thank it says, you very much. And it says, Sinta, you are the reason why I smile every day. Wishing you more returns ahead. Wow, thank you. And uh, by the way, you are live on Radio Veritas, Sister Crispina. Excuse me? You are live on Radio Veritas in Johannesburg. Sure. Okay. That's very strange and um, sounds very good. Sounds very good. (laughs) (laughs) And any idea who this message could be from, Sister? I'm going to give you three chances. Who's the first person that comes to your mind? When when you called? No, who 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 sent this message in for you? I I don't know. Okay, who who I do you think? Uh, who who's the first person that comes to your mind? No, now that you are talking of Johannesburg, I don't know. I don't know anybody in Johannesburg, so I don't know. And in South Africa, then? No, South Africa, all the Namibian brothers, so. The, the one in Zedara. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And what's his name? The name? Yes. There is, um, Jason Nakua. Uh-huh. Elias Nakakua. Uh-huh. 
Jacob Ananias. Well, this is from Brother Elias in Sidara. <laughs> oh, okay. And what what do you want to say to Brother Elias? No, I want to say thank you very much for the message you sent me. And I wish him um, perseverance in the life he's living. And uh, he said, I must then say to you, Sister Crispina, Wow, thank you. And so, Sister, we say, Heep, heep, and you say, Hula. And again, we say, Heep, heep, and you say, Hula. (laughs) What song would you like me to play you, Sister, on Radio Veritas today? Yes. No, I don't know which which kind of songs do you have in there, or can I just say man? Well, it, it, you know Radio Veritas; it's a Catholic radio station. Uh, so maybe a hymn. Oh, okay. Mm. Can you sing for me, Oh Lord, my God? Okay, Oh Lord, my God. When I know some wonder, <laughs> I, I, I want to sing for you, sister. But uh, what I will do is I'll let men of faith actually do it for you. Ah, and who are those ones? Okay, well, uh, you, you'll be hearing them in a short while. But once again, okay. sister, we say hip hip, and you say hurrah. <laughs> God bless you, sister Crispina. I hope to speak to you soon when you turn 40. Okay, thank you very much. God bless you.
And so, especially for somebody who's celebrating a birthday today, uh, uh, how great the what? And that's Sister Crispina, uh, who is in Namibia. In fact, I forgot to ask Sister Crispina where she is in Namibia, assuming uh, that uh, she is in Venhook. Well, this is still Radio Veritas, and uh, we have a few other people celebrating today. One of them is uh, Bule Pakati. And uh, we'll be getting in touch with her just to see how she is doing that. We'll also get in touch with Sister Veritas. Uh, Sister Veritas is out in uh, Montebello. So we'll be calling her to find out how she is uh, celebrating today as well. So uh, quite something, isn't it? <laughs> this is uh, Soft Options, the show that's more than a chair on top. St- uh, Father Stephen Tali out in Durban. Uh, I think it's the parish of, I think it's at the, he's at the Emmanuel Cathedral. Uh, he celebrates uh, his birthday today as well. And so we'll be getting in touch with him. Uh, we know he's a very fit man. He runs comrades. He has uh, done uh, the uh, way of St. James as well. Santiago de Compostela, he's done that. And uh, so that's that's really what it is. We're also celebrating today uh, with, uh, what's the name here now? The name is uh, Shireen. And uh, so we want to say happy birthday to Shireen. Uh, It says, hi, Khanya. Uh, I hope it's not too late. Could you please wish my cousin Shireen a very happy birthday? May God bless you and grant you many more healthy years. All the best and lots of love from Edwin and Christine. So, Shireen, from Edwin and Christine, May you have a really lovely day today, and uh, we really hope it's a beautiful one. As we say to you, 
Yip, yip. Hello, Radio Veritas. Hello. Hello. Hi, Tanya. Hi, Helen. How are you? <laughs> Father, how are you? I'm awesome. So, what's happening with you? Why? Because you were not picking up. <laughs> oh, I wasn't at my desk. <laughs> oh, you went to your, to your desk. <laughs> <laughs> I was having lunch. So, I hear you had a great day on Saturday. You. It was marvelous. Uh huh. You, yeah. you you were MC. Hey, Kanya, what a, a task, a mammoth task. <laughs> was, was this your first time MCing? No, not quite, but um, the occasion. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Uh-huh. So that's how you celebrated? That's how I celebrated my birthday. Kind of how young are we now, Helen? <laughs> um, 34. Only? Yeah. Okay, well, that's fine. <laughs> uh, and uh, you, you've had uh, really good highlights in your life. <laughs> I have, I must say, I have, and I'm grateful to God for each and every one of them. Because I, I'm looking at the picture here where you were at, uh, you were emceeing there, and uh, oh my word, <laughs> <laughs> it's actually quite lovely. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, you and Temba, <laughs> really beautiful. Um, <laughs> And uh, the message I have says it's that time of the year again where I'd like to thank the Lord for a special person born on this day. I'm really thankful for the day uh, that my darling was born. And it says, Happy birthday, Mama Wengane Zam. Please uh, remember we had a great day on Saturday where we we joined MC'd at a wedding in Joburg. What a way to celebrate a birthday. May the Lord give you many, many years to come, and I love you lots. Thank you so much. Please let him know I love him. So I know he's listening, but yeah, I love him, and thank you very much. And uh, he said, I must then say to you, <whistles> Happy birthday, dear Helen, and Mama was in Ghana. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Sanya. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And so, you know, we say hip hip, and you say... And I say hooray. Although my voice is a bit hoarse, it's it, all from the well, flu, but yeah. Thank we're you. not hearing it at all, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and what song for you today, Helen? We'll definitely do that. Thank you so much. Have a good one. God bless you. Dear. Thank you, Sanya. You too. So. Bye-bye. <laughs>
and uh, this is Getepile Hue now for Helen Ngube. Hello, Father Stephen Tali. Hello, how are you? I'm great, Hello, thank you. you. I'm great, thank you, Father. How are you? I'm doing very well. And uh, it's your big day today, Father Stephen? Well, it is my birthday, yes. Uh-huh. And uh, you are feeling how young? <laughs> I'm feeling uh, 56. 56. <laughs> yes. <laughs> nice, Father. And I have a message for you, Father Stephen. Oh, wonderful. Not before you tell me, though, how you are actually celebrating today. You're not going up a mountain by any chance. <laughs> no, no, not this time. Or going on. Many, yeah, I had a lovely mass in the parish, and we had singing and stuff, and then some of the parishioners brought some cake and presents, and um, so we had a nice little, little party, and then we had a bit of faith sharing, and now I'm going off into Durban to... Um, my family. Oh, so nice. Really lucky nice, Father. And uh, you, where were you born, Father Stephen? I was born in Teguini. Okay, so Devon has always been the place for you. <laughs> That's where I was born, yeah. yeah. And uh, you were a priest uh, for how long now? Sorry? You are a priest for how long now? I've been a priest um, for, I think it's 22 years. 22 One, years 22. Now. Yeah, 22, I think. Yes. 22 years. 22 years. And Father Stephen, yeah. I, you know, I want to find out, because I know you've done the, you know, Santiago de Compostela, you've done comrades, you've done all sorts of oh, things. I haven't done comrades. Oh, you I've haven't done, done comrades yet. Okay. Well, I'm saying yet, because... What's been yet? No, I'm <laughs> I, need, I, I want my knees, thank you. So you... <laughs> And, Father, I want to find out then what the highlights have been so far in your life. Highlights in my life? Oh, my Lord Jesus. Oh, well, I think it was when I was 21, when for the first time I realized that Jesus was a real person. Um, because I've been a Catholic all my life, and I've been uh, church and Catholic and all the rest was very boring. And then I met non-Catholic Christians who introduced me to Jesus, the real thing, you know? Yes. And that was a real big changing point in my life. And then going through the process of wanting, did I, did I still want to be a Catholic, having now met Jesus, and then realizing, you know, um, going through a whole kind of spiritual thing. And that was a highlight for my life, you know, re- redirecting my, my attitudes and understanding that, I'd lost out for so many years as a Catholic because I was half asleep in church, you know, yes. and I woke up and then it was absolutely amazing. I mean, yeah, that was one highlight. Working at Montebello was another highlight. Yes. Because it was people who were so different to me, but so genuine, wonderful. And then um, was another highlight was the incredible work with um, the, the Dennis Early Center team. Patty Carney and our Raymond Perrier and that whole team working with the Cardinal. And that's been a, a really wonderful thing because we, you know, they serve the poorest of the poor and God has somehow worked so many miracles there. So, yeah. Yes. Those are some of the highlights. There's something low lights too, but we're not going to go there. <laughs> I think we do focus on the high and not the low. Yeah, just focus on that. <laughs> And Father Stephen, I have a message here. It says a very happy birthday to Father Stephen Tali. May our good Lord bless you and uh, keep you. And this is from 
Well, Father, this is live on Radio Veritas. Any idea who this could be for? Oh, well, thank you very much for that. <laughs> that anyway, who who I'll do you think? You some other time. Who sent in this message on Radio Veritas? Who sent the message? Yes. Any idea? Oh my lord, I don't know. Some wicked person, probably. Trying <laughs> <laughs> to embarrass me. On and this. and who could that be? <laughs> Oh, I can't tell you who wicked people would be. <laughs> job. Um, no, I, I don't know. Well, the, it says it's from Benedet, Emlyn, and Tamlin. Oh, naughty people. Oh, wonderful people, too. <laughs> naughty oh, people and wonderful people. <laughs> oh, they're great, great people. And what do you want to say to them, Father Stephen? Well, thanks for tricking me. I presume Emlyn was behind all of this because he's the kind of guy who would do it. But I think his mother and his sister were willing volunteers. <laughs> but wonderful, and thank you. And so, Father, we say to you, hip, hip, and you say, <laughs> Father Stephen, you have a lovely day, and uh, please do keep doing what you do for the people of Durban. Thank you so much. God bless okay. you, Father. That's Father Stephen Tali out in Durban celebrating his uh, birthday today. Radio Veritas, together with the multi talented musical group, The Gifted Folks bring you a concert in celebrating the Assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Come and join us as we praise in song on the 20th of August at the Cathedral of Christ the King in Berea, Johannesburg at 2 p.m. The cost is 100 rand for adults and 50 rand for children under the age of 16. For more information, contact Mahadi Butelezi on 011 Six six three four seven zero zero or zero eight three nine nine two zero three eight seven. Radio Veritas, together with the multi-talented musical group, the Gifted Folks, bring you a concert in celebrating the Assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Come and join us as we praise in song on the 26th of August at the Sacred Heart Cathedral in Pretoria at 7 p.m. The cost is 100 rand. Contact Mahadi Butelezi on 011-663-4700 or 083-992-0387. This is one event you don't want to miss. Gifted folks, Radio Veritas, and uh, who knows, you might even see me sing there. I don't know. Let's go to Montebello and let's speak to Sister Veritas. Hello. Hello, Sister Veritas. Yes. How are you, Sister? I'm good, and you? I'm good, thank you. I believe you are turning 25 today, Sister Veritas. Yes. And you're speaking to Hanya on Radio Veritas. Oh, 
That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so now I want to find out why you chose the name Veritas. <laughs> yeah, because I'm a Dominican sister. Oh, oh nice. Veritas is our motto as Dominicans. Yes. Yeah. So you decided, I- I'm going to choose truth, and that's what I'll stand for. Yes. Nice, sister. And uh, so you're a Dominican of Montebello for how long now? Uh, as from 2008. Okay, so eight years this year. Uh, no, as from 2009. I joined the congregation 2009. What date? Yeah, and then now I'm um, fifth year temporal profess. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, nice, yeah. nice. Yeah. And sister, as you're celebrating your birthday today, what have been some of the highlights in your life so far? Uh, what I can say about myself, uh, when I grew up, uh, I was having this desire of being a nun. And then I told myself I was having so many friends. And then I decided that one day I want to be a nun. And then in whatever I was doing at that time, that thing was guided me. And then in all, I thank God for everything. I'm where I am today because of God's grace. And then I thank my family for the support, friends. Yeah, it keeps me going. Nice, sister. And by the way, how young do you feel today? Or how young are you today? <laughs> I'm a baby today, so <laughs> if you are a baby, <laughs> you enjoy the day. Oh, and nice. Then, yeah. so, so what happens now, especially with the sisters? Did they bake you a cake, make you a cup of tea? How, do you, uh, how did you celebrate today? I was out for lunch, and now I'm on my way back to Montebello. Oh, nice. Nice, yeah. sister. No, thank you. And I have a message for you, sister. I hope uh, you'll be able to work out who it's from. Okay. Okay, listen to this. Mm. Hold on, man. And what do you want to say to Sister Veritas? <laughs> Thank you. So what do you want to say to mommy? Uh, I just want to say thank you, mom. You are so good to me ever since uh, I joined the congregation, even before when I was young. Then even now you are continuing being good to me. Thank you very much. And uh, Umama Ote, we must say to you, <laughs> Happy birthday, Sister Veritas. Truth. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and so when we say hip hip, you say, Hooray. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much, Sister. Okay, thank you. God bless you. Bye.
Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Christ is died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Christ is died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Christ is died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Veritas Truth The voyage of discovery lies not in finding new landscapes but in having new eyes Truth simply is at 2. A very good afternoon to you. I am Mahadi Butelezi. Papal Commissioner says if only the bishops had listened to the abused victims, the church would not be in such a mess. And Numsa backs strike petrol workers. A member of the Pontifical Commission for the Protection of Minors, Father Hans Solna, SJ, President of the Center for Child Protection at the Pontifical Gregorian University, has said that a defensive posture on the part of church leaders has caused deep wounds to abuse victims. Father Hans says he has heard from survivors how had they had that opportunity to speak out and be listened to humanly, openly receptive. They wouldn't have gone mad. They wouldn't have gone public. They wouldn't have tried to get as many, as much money as possible. But because they were wounded by the defensive, cool approach by some church leaders, they chose the other way.
The priest adds that it was not his concern whether the church recovers its reputation or not. His focus as a member of the commission is to do what they need to do and stay focused on this, adding that they need to focus on what they can do in cleaning up the mess that has been created over the years and doing whatever they can in creating a safe environment as possible. A particularly appalling terrorist bombing at a hospital in Pakistan has drawn condemnation from the UN Secretary-General. At least 70 people, most of them mourners, were killed in the incident, which took place on Monday in the city of Quetta, located in Balochistan province. The Taliban has reportedly claimed responsibility of the blast. The victims were mostly lawyers and journalists who were accompanying the body of a prominent lawyer murdered earlier in the morning. UN Chief Ban Ki-moon said in a statement that the fact that the bombing targeted mourners at a hospital made it particularly appalling. Farhan Hug is the de- Farhan Hug, deputy spokesperson at the UN, says the Secretary General urges the government to do its utmost to ensure safety of their population. Cardinal Pietro Parolin, the Vatican Secretary of State, has sent a message of condolence on behalf of Pope Francis following the terrorist attack on a hospital in Pakistan. The message said that Pope Francis was deeply saddened to learn of the loss of life following the attack on the hospital in Qatar. He sent heartfelt condolences to the relatives of the deceased, to the authorities and to the entire nation and offered assurance of his prayers for the many injured victims of the senseless and brutal act of violence. The message concluded saying that the Holy Father invoked the divine gifts of consolation and strength on all who were affected by the tragedy. The National Union of Metal Workers of South Africa fully supports the strike by Chemical Energy Paper Printing Wood and Allied Workers Union members in the petroleum sector for an increase in their wages. NUMSA said this morning in a statement has, that it has condemned any attempt by employers who use Sepawu dispute and the non-delivery of petrol as a pretext to dismiss or refuse to pay their employees and warns that this will be strenuously resisted. Up to 15,000 workers affiliated to Sepawu have been on strike for almost two weeks, demanding a 9% wage increase. The employers are not budging on their offer of 7%. According to NUMSA, mediation resumed resumed this morning. Taking a look at your financial indicators. The rand is trading at 13.28 to the dollar, 17.36 to the pound, and 14.84 to the euro. On to commodities, gold is trading at $1,352.49 an ounce, while Brent crude oil is trading at $44.81 a barrel. Recapping your top stories for this hour. Papal Commissioner says if only the bishops had listened to the abused victims, the church would not be in such a mess. And Noomsa backs petrol workers' strike. For Radio Veritas News, I am Mahdi Butilezi.
And uh, today we will be talking migraine uh, with uh, or migraine headache with uh, Dr. Peter Diale, and that will be happening shortly. And then immediately thereafter, we'll be uh, hearing from Dr. Nontando Hadebe. Today being a Wednesday, we are still focusing on our women mystics. And uh, so it's going to be a great uh, one uh, as uh, we listen to Dr. Nontando Hadebe focusing on uh, these uh, women uh, that uh, have really done it, especially those women uh, in the church who have really uh, made a difference in many people's lives. And so that's coming up just on the other side of uh, uh, chatting to Dr. Diale about migraines today. So those are just a few things to look forward to here on Soft Options, the show that's more than a chair on top in this year of messy. The seven corporal works of mercy to feed the hungry, give drink to the thirsty, clothe the naked, welcome the stranger, heal the sick, visit the imprisoned, bury the dead. The never-to-be-missed golfing experience of a lifetime has arrived. Radio Veritas is hosting its second annual Golf Day on the 4th of October, 2016. To make your bookings, contact Mahari Bitelezi on 011-663-4700 or 083-992-0387. Hi, I'm Ariella van der Waal. And I'm Taryn Lazarus. And you can listen to us every Wednesday evening between 7 and 8 p.m. on Catholic Culture Vulture. We'll have green fingers. We'll have trivia. We'll have soul providers. We'll have traditional tongues. And most importantly, we'll, we'll have, have laughs. <laughs> In-depth analysis on the day's news, whether in the church or the secular world, tune in to Changing Gear with Father Brian on Wednesdays from 4 p.m. to 5.30 p.m. each week. Radio Veritas, good news for a change. And uh, so time uh, uh, to speak to Dr. Diali. And uh, doctor, how are you today, Dad? I'm very well. After celebrating Women's uh, Day yesterday, it was very awesome. And you know, need to party in Makosigas. You know, what team to team to And I suspect you you celebrated by being at home. <laughs> well, I was at home looking at, at the kids. <laughs> the wife was out. <laughs> so, so you were babysitting. <laughs> It's okay. That That's a good way to celebrate Women's Day. Yeah, that's something I decided to let me talk about headache because people might be suffering from headaches from yesterday's events, you know, and also for the fact that the election has come and gone. So we don't know who's who, you know. <laughs> In fact, we still don't know who's who. <laughs> <laughs> so there might be more headaches then. <laughs> <laughs> a nice one. And I see, I mean, there's this thing now of, um, I don't know if it's a cough or, or what, but, you know, out of nowhere, people just cough and they keep saying, there's something in my throat. 
uh, and it seems to be the common thing, at least among the people that that I've that I've met. Okay. Uh, what is there a bug in the in the air? Is there something in uh, the air? Well, we didn't know. If you listen to me last week uh, on Wednesday, I did mention when people went for election. I was talking about Sarah. I said, you know, this itchy yes. thing on a sore throat. It needs that clever boys and clever girls to evaluate you and advise accordingly. If you got a sore throat, you don't respond to common medication like your straps off. You know, it must be very, very serious. But also, if you have a sore throat, but you're working in the cold area, you're exposed to dust, you, your, your aircon is blaring all the time, 24 hours, your sun is blaring in your eyes as well. You know, those are some of the things that, you know, you don't see the symptoms, you don't know the cause and you'll, be, you'll complain about a sore throat. So it needs to be evaluated by the clever boys and girls so that you get a better treatment and you can get into the new season smiling. Nice. So see a doctor, in short. Yeah, see a doctor and pay at least, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's another headache. <laughs> yeah, that's another headache or pain. <laughs> I think let, uh, talking about headaches, that let's go straight into it. <laughs> uh, let me say a very good afternoon to your listeners. It's nice to go on your show. And also today I want to talk about migraine. Uh, the reason I want to talk about migraine is because we are on a women's month. And some of my statistics and literature that I've read, it says that, you know, a lot of people have headaches and they don't know what type of headache they get. And many a time they likely to jump into words that they don't know what they're meaning. And one of the common things is they call it migraine. And headache, it's, you know, it's a pain in the head, but you need to be defining what it is like. And, you know, there are generally about four types of headaches that we, we talk about and that we see on a daily basis. And the first one you call a sinus headache, where you got a pain it's in between your, 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 your four eyes. And also the other one is called tension headache, where you feel that your neck is very tense and stiff but your pain starts from the back of your neck coming all the way covering your head, but it's more pronounced on your forehead. That's your tension headache. And the other one is a cluster headache. Cluster headache, you feel like, you know, your head is drooling, you know, you feel like you, you're in space, you feel like you're in simulation. And the cardinal sign is that you feel one of your eye, usually is the left eye, you feel that, you know, it's also, it's also in like in phobia and you're also experiencing pain like that. And your eye keeps blaring most of the time. You know, you're closing and blinking and closing and blinking, but there's an eye and there's a pain inside it. Those are type of headache. But the common one is called migraine. Migraine, it's one of the type of headache where you experience mostly on one side of your headache. You know, it's like if you take a, a, a shortcut, you know, you're cutting your, your hair into two halves. But the, the other half, you're experiencing pain only on the upper. It could be between your nose and your forehead. It doesn't cover your whole side, like from your forehead to your chin. If it covers from your nose to your head, no, that's a type of migraine. That's where you need the clever boys to go and, and help it out for you. And we realize that migraine itself, it, most of the time, it, it affects more women three times more than any other person on earth. And you know there are several factors that make you prone to, to migraine as well, which include your family history, your age, your type of food that you're eating, your type of work that you eat, different stresses that you might experience and different things. But common of those things that we find migraine, it's common among adolescents because adolescents, they are, they are defaulters, they don't eat well, they don't eat nicely, and they drink less. Some they drink, go, they go they go a bit high as well. And when you find, you find what, what migraine is, 
you know, migraine could be what you call a severe painful headache that can be preceded or accompanied by sensory warning. Um, sensory warning, we're looking at things like, you know, flashing light into your eyes causes headache. If you can't see any blind spot, all of a sudden you've got a tingling in your arms or tingling in your arm. Sometimes people complain of nausea and vomiting, and sometimes people com- complain of increased sensitivity to light and sound. All of a sudden you can't, you can't hear your, 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 your radio. All of a sudden you can't hear your water. All of a sudden, you know, anything that's got the movement is just irritates the hell out of you. And we know that migraine sufferers cause significant pain and it can last for hours, sometimes can last for days. And we, we know that in some other parts of America, they classified it as a disability of the, or as a disabling uh, uh, disease or ailment. Because sometimes when you get a severe migraine attack, you can't work. You just need to be, to be home and relax and do what you can. And what you recommend, you can people that they could sit down and relax and reflect basically on what's happening. And we know that migraine is often undiagnosed and it's often untreated. And many times when you complain of a headache, we think, you know, this is just a common headache. We give you a paracetamol or we give you a pain alert and say, go home. But if you're a migraine sufferer, like I said, it takes days and hours before you can make a diagnosis of yourself. So go to the doctor, tell him about your symptoms, and, and, and observe a pattern over a period of time, and then you can be able to tell. And one of the other things that we talk about when you talk of symptoms, we know that the symptoms they can child in childhood, and they can go into adolescence, sometimes into early adulthood. But usually they progress in what we call four stages. And those four stages, we call them in good English, we say it's prodrome, and the second one is aura, the third one is attack, and the fourth one is called prodrome. Just in short, what do you mean by prodrome? You know, it's when you feel your migraine is coming, you can actually pick it up a day or two before before you suffer from migraine. And the warning signs are not there most of the time, but you could associate that with your mood changes. Sometimes you might feel constipated. Sometimes you might feel a bit depressed, or sometimes it might be the opposite. You might move from depression to euphoria. And all of a sudden, you might have a craving for, for, for sugar or sugary stuff as well. And sometimes in the program, you might feel that your neck becoming very stiff and you might have what you call an increased thirst, or you might begin to run very frequently, and people might think that maybe you are bored or maybe you're suffering. So if you get a frequent yawning, an increased thirst, stiff neck, craving for things that you're not be craving for, your mood changes all of a sudden, know that you might be uh, having an attack of, of, of migraine. They are only called an aura. An aura symptom is associated with what call a nervous system. Usually you might experience some visual disturbances. You might begin to, to see some flashes of light, or you might begin some zigzag uh, vision in, in your spine, especially when you sit, when you stand from standing to sitting. And any light or any movement or, 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 or any disturbance that might have to do with your head, you might feel that aura coming. And so all of a sudden, you might begin also your muscles becoming very weak. You may not get enough sleep. And anything that touches you, it just irritates you. And sometimes it can last for about 20 to 60 minutes just with severe, severe pain in your headache, which is very pounding, and you feel that it's building up. It's like your head is about to explain. And that we call a migraine aura, which might include also what you're seeing in your, in your bright spots or flashes of light or loss of vision. And sometimes it can be very difficult to walk, even to speak, and hearing become affected. And you don't have any control movement. You might begin to have what is called jerky movements. You know, your, 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 when you start moving, you get a knee-jerk reaction. Sometimes when you move, your, 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 your hand just flashes off and things fall apart. Another one is the third one, which will come as a symptom. It's an attack. What do you mean by attack? When you've got your headache, usually it lasts for about 
four to seventy-two hours, which means can last from any from an hour to, to three days. So that's a lot of time. And in that, we're checking the variation between your 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 your, your how severe your migraine is. It's moving up and down, and how severe it is. And also during that that time of period, what type of pain is it? A different pain is it? Throbbing pain is it? Pulsating pain? Or you can be more more sensitive to light than usual or sound. Anything that touches, or sometimes when you smell something. Also, it creates the thing. All of a sudden, we have what we call a blurred vision, and you might be given the lightheadedness and become a severe migraine. So all those things together. And other thing that we're talking about in migraine, we call a post-drome. When you post-drome, it's a final stage of migraine. When it occurs, it occurs about in the last days of your, if you're given three days in your third day, then you feel it more. But what you experience in the, in the post-drome, it's more your moodiness, you become more confused, you may experience some disease process as well, and you still continue to become very, very sensitive to light and sound. And once you experience those four things, then we believe that, you know, your migraine is in there. But the real cause of migraine is what you call a chemical imbalance in your brain, and your pain is not being interpreted according to any other pain. And once your headache is just there, we believe that we've got what you call chemicals in your brain that cause serotonin, they might be imbalanced. But having said all this, what are the triggers of that? We find that among the youth... <coughs> And also among adolescents, the food that you eat, especially cheese, it might have an effect into you. Salty food and all processed food that I know also, they might trigger your migraine. And in the youth, skipping meals and not eating, also people go on fasting. They do complain about migraine. And we experience a lot in our Christian community when they do fasting. You find that fasting is related to, to their food cravings as well. And also, we also found that, remember, in the beginning of the day when I talk about healthy lifestyle, I mentioned about food additives. Some of the food additives, you know, they can cause migraine. One of the common ones has been aspartame, the one that you use as a sweet as a sweetener in our tea or in our coffee. And also there's a substance that they use for, for preservation of food called MSG, which is monosodium glutamate. It's found in many food and also believe that a lot of research are pointing that it may cause that. And also the other thing that also triggers migraine is the drinks that we drink. You know, it's not alcohol only. But caffeinated drinks as well, uh, they may cause also a uh, uh, migraine as well. Stress, you know, it goes without, without saying, you know, stress at work, stress at home, stress in sports. You might find that people now at Rio who are just out participate, they might complain of a headache. That's a stress related to sports as well. So that net can be true. And some would call sensory stimulations, you know, your, your bright light, your sounds, uh, sun glaring into you can cause also migraine. And smoking, you know, and also people are taking pain, pain, painkillers or blood thinners they seem to, to be suffer from migraine as well. And people who are smoking and who are secondary smokers are worse than those people that are smoking because of the migraine and the effect of smoking. And, you know, one other thing that we know, your sleeping pattern, if you're changing your sleeping pattern or you're missing your sleep, make sure that you, you, you recover. You Ideally, you have to sleep for anything between six to eight hours if you're an adult. If you miss your sleep, especially people are doing night duties, people are doing shift as well. We see a lot of those people which are migraine sufferers as well. And we say if you go there, try and establish a pattern that you, you fall into that. And another thing that also triggers, it's an environment that you find yourself in. If you, you're moving, your weather changes as well. It fluctuates up and down like we, we're facing in erratic weather. People come and complain about me, about migraine, and we think that's the cause of that. And some are medications, which are so your medication, which are vasodilators, also, they seem to aggravate it. And having said that, all migraine, it can be triggered, it can be cured as well. And there are two types of migraine that, that we're looking at, you know. We can have what you call a pain-relieving medication to treat your, your migraine, 
or you can what we call preventative medication that can use it. And there are other alternative medicines that we can use that also we know that they can have an effect on neuromigraine. One of them is acupuncture. If you go to a train and register acupuncturist, they can stick their needles in your head at a specific point to treat a certain chi or certain, a certain muscle group in that. And also some of the people we encourage to go for biofeedback where they can learn how to relax, how to use yoga, how to use exercises to treat migraine as well. And some of them we refer them to massage therapies when they can do what you call a head massage, neck massage, and sometimes sinus massage and, and wrinkle massage that also help them to calm migraine down. And other things that we use, herbs and vitamins and minerals, those play a role. One, I know that it plays a role. When you take your vitamin B complex, it also helps a lot in reducing your, your anxiety levels, and also it helps you reduce what triggers your migraine. And also we take what we call coenzyme Q10, which is a supplement. It also, literature has pointed out, it decreases a lot of frequencies of migraine attack. So if you're taking those things, we, be, we, we believe that you know, you're on the right path to, to cure your, your migraine and to, to help it. But before you do anything of those herbs and vitamins and, min, and minerals that, that you may be taking, like magnesium levels, if, you are, if they are down, you also suffer from migraine as well. So you need a magnesium supplement. But before you take them, please go and see the clever boys and girls so that they can sit with you, assess you, and advise you accordingly. Arachne migraine, it can be a very debilitating uh, headache, and it can cause a lot of absenteeism. It can cause a lot of unhappiness in relationship. It can also stress you a lot as well. But by and large, if you present those symptoms that I've explained to you, especially the prodrome one and the postdrome one and attack and aura ones, those are the symptoms that we there. And we know that uh, migraine, it can, be, it can be treated if you take medication and change your lifestyle that, that you're living. Thanks. And uh, thank you very much. And uh, so, uh, well, I'm really glad to hear that the sinus headaches, the tension headaches, the cluster headache, and 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 the migraine. And uh, I remember when I was young, tension headache. I remember I went to a doctor, and mm-hmm. uh, well, uh, he just touched my head and said, "Okay, so you say you have a headache." And you know, looked at the computer, and it, it it had written on it tension headache, and I thought, "Wow, this thing called computer is very clever." <laughs> 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 yeah, because a lot of time when we sit and look at a, com- at a at a computer, you know, we're looking at the distance between your legs and your legs of the chair that you're sitting on, and the distance between your elbow and the table, and the face, and the face of the computer. If those things are not in sync, you know, you always say waking some muscles are becoming overworked, and you can yes. suffer from tension headaches. And tension headaches can make you also a bit blind as well because the blurring of the computer in your face at the wrong angle. It can cause harm. <laughs> but uh, now coming to migraines, then it, it really shows that, you know, exactly what you always say, that uh, you are what you eat. Uh, as you yes. say, cheese, aspartame, MSG, coffee, and then uh, stress as well, uh, uh, affecting migraines or affecting uh, the head. Yeah, those are what you call triggers, you know, and women, uh, they happen to be the most that are responding to those triggers as well. That's what it just says. Three in one, there are women that are uh, that migraine sufferers. So, you know, what you eat, you've got to be very careful. And I'm not shooting down processed food, but it has never shown that it's working anymore, except that it's making the economy going, you know. But personally speaking, and also seeing my clients on a daily basis, um, I wouldn't recommend that. Father, thank you very uh, Well, listen to me now, doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, I'm on my way to become a deacon. So <laughs> you can start practicing now. <laughs> well, now, now. Okay, nice. <laughs>
<laughs> Thank you very much, Dr. Diane. And uh, we speak again next week in that. Yeah, we speak again next week. If there's any special request, then we'll speak off air. Otherwise, I want to touch on something that, uh, you know, we don't talk about. It's either stem cells or I'll talk about hair loss, especially among women. What are the causes over and above being caused by thyroid? You know, there are other things that we take for granted that, you know, we damage our own hair. And also as men, you know, why become bald? You know, there are certain things that you can do to avoid becoming bald. So I think... It's something that I'm doing a search on it. If I got enough information, I'll come up on here. But if there's now no special request, I'm happy to talk about it next week. Nice, Ntate, and uh, we'll let you know. God bless. Okay, God bless, Ntate. Bye. 27 minutes after 2 o'clock, Radio Veritas, 576 a.m. And uh, so we will be joining Dr. Nontando Hadeb shortly. And, uh, of course, uh, she's talking about uh, women mystics. Uh, you heard uh, last week, I think she focused on uh, Julian of uh, Norwich. Uh, and I think she's uh, St. Teresa, I think. Uh, I can't remember. But uh, yeah, we'll hear what uh, she has to focus on today in our women mystics slot. Here on Radio Veritas, 576 AM on Soft Options. <laughs> Radio Veritas, together with the multi-talented musical group, The Gifted Folks, bring you a concert in celebrating the Assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Come and join us as we praise in song on the 26th of August at the Sacred Heart Cathedral in Pretoria. At 7 p.m., the cost is 100 rand. Contact Mahadi Butelezi on 011-663-4700 or 
And so we join uh, Dr. Nonta Ando in her series on the mystics. Today is number two. For more information, contact Mahadi Butelezi on 011-663-4700 or 083-992-0387. Among yourselves, charity at all times, St. Eugene de Mazinot says. This is Mlamoli Temba from St. Peter Clever Parish. You're listening to Radio Veritas, the good news for a change, 576 AM. We move on to enter into the lives of other women who were not in community like the Bajuns but who lived a different life, who were also mystics. And one of the, you know, the topics that is very strong in women's mystics is the whole issue of suffering. Because of their suffering in society, women were drawn to the suffering of Jesus, and they wanted to experience this and to be in solidarity with Jesus as part of their devotion. We're going to discuss this more because, you know, suffering is one of those difficult uh, subjects uh, because sometimes, you know, we all suffer, uh, but we suffer differently. There's some people that can choose suffering, but there's some, but for many people, suffering is imposed on them. They are born in situations of suffering, whether it's through financial suffering in poverty or some, of, or some people just through health that you are born with a particular disease that you know that through which you suffer throughout and so we find very interesting um sort of like uh, um uh, spirituality of suffering in the lives of these women and and i think it will speak to us it will speak to us about how we embrace this experience of suffering what do we do with it because we can't run away from suffering we experience suffering in our daily lives through so many things that happen. And so how do we put that suffering in our faith? Does our faith make us people that just uh, ignore suffering? Does our faith uh, make light of our suffering? Does our faith require us to be martyrs and submit to all kinds of suffering? Is there resistance to suffering? Is there a way of entering suffering that leaves us are grown, more developed, more closer to God, having a purpose. So, so how do we deal with this issue of suffering? It's very difficult to, you know, as I said, that we, we can't explain where suffering really comes from. We know that it came in with sin, but sometimes there is not enough um, vocabulary to talk about suffering uh, because it's so deep and it touches us at, at a deep level. And I think that even as I'm talking, as you listen, I'm sure that a lot of experiences are surfacing in your mind where you think that was my experience of the worst suffering I ever had. And in that experience, I wondered about God. Was God with me? What was the purpose of that suffering? How do, how do we manage suffering? And so because suffering is such an integral part of women mystics, uh, I feel like we can join them in that journey, in their journey of searching for ways of embracing, ways of dealing with suffering. And each of them will look at it in different ways. And so today we, we're just going to uh, enter into their lives. And so we're going to begin with the life of Julian of Norwich. 
And then after that, we're going to go to Catherine of Siena. And then we will conclude with an African woman saint, uh, Saint Josephine Bakita. And all of them experienced incredible suffering. And all of them sought to identify with Jesus in his suffering. And, and what, is, what is interesting about them is that this suffering uh, not only opened their eyes to the, you know, the passion of Christ, but to the passion and the experiences of suffering of people in their communities. They went out and they cared for people. And in their reflections about God, they will teach us much more about suffering. And so let's, yeah, let's come into their world and let's learn and let's get into their life stories. So, as I said, we'll look at Julian of Norwich. And uh, she was born in 1342 um, and she died in 1416. Um, she's what is called an anchoress. This is uh, a woman who is, doesn't belong to an order. So she's not living with other uh, women nuns of a particular order. She's not a Beijun, so she's not part of a community of nuns, but she lives in isolation. So the name Anchoress uh, refers to these type of women that have chosen to live. Some of them chose to live in total exclusion. That means that they just lived in a home and they spent their time praying and people would come to their places, leave their prayer requests and ask them to pray for them. So their ministry was mostly one of prayer and sometimes counseling. But we find in the life of, of Julian a kind of a semi-secluded um, life. She lived alone and her house or like a, a room was attached to a, a parish. And so she had a window that allowed her to observe the mass she didn't come out of her room. And she also had another window which enabled her to see what was going on outside, which is very important, as we will see. And people would come to that window and ask her for advice. Some people would come and visit her. So although she was excluded, she was able to minister and to reach out to people in a context. And I think that is an important part about an anchor's life. So it was a disciplined life. It was, as I said, a life of prayer, of seclusion and, um, you know, meditation, and, but not in a community, just between her and, 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 and God. Um, and so for us to really understand who she is and the kind of writings that she wrote, we need to look at her context. What was going on in her world when she was growing up? What was she seeing through the window? What was going on in the politics and everything of her time? Well, the, 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 mo the most important thing to observe is that she lived at a very difficult time, a time of great suffering um, in England. She lived in an era of social and ecclesial upheaval. Socially, the 14th century was characterized by instability and terror reflected in the Great Famine. Uh, so there was a, a Great Famine throughout the land. Many people died. The crops, there was a drought, there was no rain. And so many people, you know, that was a, an agro-economy. Many people were farmers, subsistence farmers. So if there's a crop failure, that means that many, many peasants would suffer and die. And to make things worse, it was also during the time of what is called the Black Plague, which was an epidemic that 
you know, went right across England and the, and the rest of Europe. And it's estimated that one third of the population died. So this is not something that is just, you know, a few people dying. This is walking in the streets and encountering people falling down, um, you know, dead bodies everywhere. So it was a traumatic uh, time to be living in. Uh, let me just say something about what the Black Plague was, or sometimes it was called the Black Death. Um, according to the Public Health Encyclopedia, the Black Death caused large, painful swellings to appear in the groins, the armpits, and black blotches on the skin due to black, the blood leaking from the veins. Fever, delirium, and death followed in a short order. So the minute you were infected, it, just, it was a question of days before you died. The dramatic and sudden onset, the rapid cause and the terrible aspect evoked fear. People were afraid because death was everywhere. The terrifying onslaught of the Black Death in an era of superstition was explained as the wrath of God and relief was sought by seeking scapegoats. Jews, witches, and others were burned to the stake. So basically what this encyclopedia is saying is that this was a time unparalleled in the, in the history where people were just dying, and they were dying in a, in a horrid way, swelling, um, you know, fever, everywhere, you know. And so suddenly death was in every corner, in every household. And so a lot of fear emerged, and people, you know, obviously was looking for who to blame, who brought this death on. Uh, and so many, many preachers, many priests at that time believed that this death had come because God was punishing people that God was angry because people were sinning or something. And so the theology that emerged at that time was of an angry God punishing through disease. And this is a theology I think I would like to remind us as listeners came through with HIV and AIDS uh, because HIV and AIDS uh, first emerged amongst the gay community in San Francisco, New York, uh, United States. People came to interpret it as a punishment from God. They felt that God was punishing people that had a different sexuality for their sexual immorality. And so it, it really created stigma because uh, AIDS started to spread, you know, through blood transfusion, even children were infected. And then it started to spread through the heterosexual population. And people still had that belief that it's a punishment from God. Um, and it took bishops, African bishops coming together and church leaders to help people to understand that HIV is a virus and it's not a punishment from God. It is a virus. And so those kind of teachings were necessary in order to stop people from blame and judging others. And so this was the, exactly the same era that Julian was living in. And we will see also Catherine also lived in this area. And historians tell us that when she was six years old, the plague, the Black Death, struck Norwich and killed over 50,000 people. And when she was 18 and 27 years old, the plague struck again, killing more and more people. And so this was um, really a very difficult time, not only in terms of uh, the fear that would have gripped the community, but also the way in which people were understanding God. 
God as this terrifying presence, punishing, allowing sicknesses to come. And so we will see that that is why we need to understand that context, to understand how radical Julian's revelations were in this context. And not only was there chaos and death in the public life, in the church, there was also a lot of corruption. There was a lot of wealth and power. And what was happening in the church is that there was division. The Pope during this time was no longer living in Rome. He had moved and was now living in France. And later on, there were two popes, one living in Rome and one living in France. And so people were confused. Who is the right pope? And so, so what was happening with that? There was so much confusion in the church itself and there was death in the community. So you can imagine that in this situation, people were confused. There wasn't the kind of voice to guide them. They were feeling that God is punishing them and not sure what, you know, what they could do about it. And so we need to understand Julian's message of love in this context. And so let us now look at the events that happened in her life and what happened for her to get this mystical experience. What we know is that Julian wrote about her mystical experience in a book that's called Revelations of Divine Love. Isn't that amazing? In this context where the theology, the dominant theology was about hate, was about God punishment, God angry, in this context where the church was, you know, falling into all kinds of corruptions, where there were two popes and there was a schism, Julian could actually write and say, the revelation that I receive from God is about a God of love. That is truly amazing. Let's go back and see how did she get to this place? How did she get to this revelation? What happened? We are told that at the age of 30, Julian prayed for three things. In fact, she actually writes about this. She prayed that she may experience the passion of Christ. She prayed for bodily sickness so that she can be able to identify with the suffering in her community. And then she prayed for three contrictions. She said, I desired three graces by the gift of God. The first was to have a recollection of Christ's passion. The second was a bodily sickness. And the third was to have of God's gifts three wounds. The wound of contrition, being able to confess, the wound of compassion, and the wound for the longing of the will of God. She was granted all three petitions. Firstly, she was given a bodily sickness. She wrote, When I was 30 and a half years old, God sent me a bodily sickness in which I lay for three days and three nights. And on the fourth night, I received all the rites of the Holy Church and I thought I was going to die. During her time of sickness, she was granted her petition and that is to see the passion of Christ, to see what Christ went through on the cross. So she was able to see in detail the head of Christ being pierced by the crown of thorns, bleeding profusely. And she was able to see Christ being beaten and spat upon. So in her vision, she, she could see all of that. It was clear. It was so such an amazing vision. And she writes about it that I could now understand the depth of love through suffering. 
I could now understand just how much God loved humanity through the passion of Christ and in her own suffering because she wanted to identify with the suffering of Christ and also identify with the suffering of people. She could feel what it was like to have a body, you know, diseased, a body in pain. And she even thought that she was going to die. So the priest came and they were praying for her, you know, that this is the, you know, she's, she's now died. But through a miracle, she survived. And then she started to have these visions that she calls the revelation of love. And then she received the three wounds. Also, she received 16 revelations or showings. These are all written in a book, which I already mentioned, which is called Revelations of Love which she contains her reflection on these visions. You know, so these visions must have taken, you know, maybe a month or so, but it took her 20 years to reflect on all these 16 visions because she wanted to go deeper and she wanted to write about these visions and to write about the love of God, to write about a new message in a context, as I said, where people had this picture of God as an angry God, allowing people to suffer for their sins and, you know, punishing and being cruel. So she came out with a, a radical message. And, and I think it's something that speaks to us even today. And I want to just give a quotation from her writings. She viewed the very suffering of Christ on the cross as a window to the suffering of the triune God who tenderly holds all of creation in nurturing and sustaining care. For with the vision of the cross came a deep joy in the Trinity and the understanding that where Jesus appears, the blessed Trinity is understood. And so what we are seeing is that the vision of the suffering of Jesus wasn't just for her to just see it and to cry, but it gave her a deeper understanding of the extent of God's love for humanity. So that in a situation where people were portraying God in this light, she was able to say, but that's not who God is. And the other mystery that was revealed to her, which is a very strong theme in her writing, is the goodness of God. That's why I'm saying that, you know, her writings were really radical because she's speaking in a context where disease was ravishing people, where the many priests were talking about the wrath of God had fallen upon the nation. And she stands up and she says, this is not God. God does not hate. God does not do any of those things that you are saying that you are putting onto God. And then she writes this. She says, it was at this time that our Lord showed me spiritually how intimately he loves us. I saw that he's everything that we know to be good and helpful. In his love, he clothes us, enfolds us, embraces us. That tender love completely surrounds us, never to leave us. As I saw, it is he that is everything good. And then he showed more, a little thing the size of a hazelnut on the palm of my hand, round like a ball. I looked at it thoughtfully and wondered, what is this? And the answer came, it is all that is made. I marveled. So I'm now reading Julian's words. She says, I marveled that it continued to exist and did not suddenly disintegrate. It was so small. And again, I was given this answer. It exists 
both now and forever because God loves it. In short, everything owes its existence to the love of God. In this little thing, I saw three truths. The first is that God made it. The second is that God loves it. And the third is that God sustains it. Just listen to what she's saying in a context that I already described. That, you know, God does not hate. This message that you are saying that it is God who sent this punishment, it is God who is hating people, is not the truth. The truth is that God created humanity. God sustains and loves. And so, and then she adds and she says, to know the goodness of God is the highest prayer of all. And it is a prayer that accommodates itself to our most lowly needs. He does not despise the work of his hands or does he disdain to serve us however lowly our nature is. I mean, for her to say in that context that God does not hate human beings. You can imagine if you were suffering from the Black Plague and you are passing in front of her room feeling that you are being punished, that this plague just came in because of the disease was a special punishment for you because of your sins. And to hear the words of Julian that she would have said, she would have said, no, that is not, that is not the message that God is giving. And again, it's a mystery to us. Why? Why the plague? Why all the suffering? And yet in that midst, in that suffering, Julian maintains the one truth that all mystics in all religions maintain, and that is God loves humanity. And it's very difficult when you are in suffering to actually believe that. Why? I've just lost my job. I've just lost my child. My child is on drugs. I've just been divorced. How can in this situation, how can I be told that God loves me? But the reality, and that's what Julian is saying, is that your situation doesn't change that fact. And these are very hard words to listen to. And she says, the love of God most high for our soul is so wonderful that it surpasses all knowledge. No created being can know the greatness, the sweetness, the tenderness of the love that our maker has for us. By his grace and help, therefore, let us in spirit stand and gaze eternally, marveling at the supreme, surpassing, single-minded, incalculable love that God, who is goodness, has for us. Then we can ask reverently of our lover whatever we will. I saw that he's at work unceasingly in every conceivable thing, and that it is all done so well so wisely, so powerful, that is far greater than anything we can imagine, guess, or think. Then we can do no more than gaze in delight with a tremendous desire to be wholly united to him, to live where he lives, to enjoy his love, and to delight in his goodness. Obviously, these are not words that people would have wanted to hear you know, the, in, in, in a situation of so much suffering and, and chaos. But she spoke those words, and many came to hear them. They came to hear on their deathbed that God loves them, you know, and it is hard. And I know even in, in the times of my own experience, it's so hard to imagine that in that time of pain, whatever that pain is, whether, you know, being retrenched, that, that experience in 2013, all of a sudden you have no job and you start to think, I have put so much in this and I am standing empty-handed. 
And to hear somebody say that God loves you at that moment may feel like an insult, but actually it can be the, the one thing that you can hold on to that can pull one through. I used to remember that I would close my eyes and say, even if everything in me just wants to rebel against this message of God's love, I'll just hold on to it. I just make a decision that I'll hold on to it. And, um, and it's not an easy path. But what happens when we do that is that we enter a different space. Nothing changes. You, you haven't got the job. You're still in a financial crisis. But something changes, shifts within you. Suddenly, one is open to possibilities. One feels, okay, I can move on. There's a life beyond you know, what I've just experienced. There must be other options. Let me think what to do. The mind kicks in and you start being creative. And then also you start to be kind to the people that love you. Because sometimes when we are hurting, we hurt other people. We cause more damage to other people. And to find ourselves to be able to be kind to the people that love us and people that want to help us is the miracle of believing that God loves you in that situation of pain. And that was what Julian had to contend with in a gentle way to say, I am going to talk about God's love even when people don't want to hear. And the testimony of that is that people came. They came to listen. They came to her doorstep. They came for counseling and they left whole even though they were still in that pain. And so that was really a part of her message. And then I want to just go on again and to just lift up some of the, the wisdom that came. And she writes also about Christ. You know, Julian refers to Jesus as our mother. You know, she says, Jesus, our mother. And, and uh, because she says that whatever Jesus does is what a mother does. The only thing to best describe the experience and love of Jesus is the mother's love for the child. And she says that Jesus feeds us, cares for us, nurtures us, cherishes us the way a mother does. And so she names Jesus a mother. And it's so interesting because she brings the whole feminine, the whole motherhood into the person of God. And I described this in the last series and I'm reiterating it, I know, because it is so profound. And she says that God is both father and mother, true father and true mother. It is not that God acts fatherly or motherly, but in acting in accordance with goodness and kind nature, earthly fathers and mothers act like God. It is in keeping with this reading that Jesus shows Christ to be a mother, not simply act like mother. Christ's true nature is mother, and our relationships with our earthly mothers are actual analogies for the relationship that we have with Christ. And so again, I spoke about the way in which the mystical experience allowed women to take their experiences and be able to talk about God from a woman's bodily experience, and it is so rich. And then again, we spoke about it last time that the pain that Jesus experiences on the cross is called labor pains, which brought humanity new life. It suddenly makes sense that the, you know, the contractions, the, the suffering on the cross is labor pains because the result of that is new life. You and I have new life. 
because of the pain that Jesus went through on the cross. And that is why for Julian, it was very important to be able to say, I want to understand, I want to see that pain so that I can be able to understand the love of God. And let me also experience pain so that I, I can be able to have solidarity with others who are having that pain. And so we see that pain enters into the spirituality because that is part of life. That is how we were born into this life of faith. It was through the cross. And that is how we were born naturally, through the birth pangs of our mothers. And so pain becomes the avenue of life. So that part of us that is paining right now, that is fully wounded, is that entry point that we can experience God in a new way. So Julian's theology of divine love and motherly care really went against the prevailing theology that interpreted suffering as divine punishment for sin. So Julian's uh, theological commentary is that she links brutality and compassion together, which is what gave life to many people during that very difficult time. And so when we try to enter into the story of Julian and we try to enter in the way in which the pain that she saw in the life of Jesus, the pain that she saw in her community, people dying everywhere, the pain that she felt in her body became the almost like the window in which she was able to see the expressions of God's love. And as I said, she was able to see a bigger picture of God that encompasses all of humanity. It wasn't that God is just father. God is also mother because you can't have a father without a mother. And so she was able to bring in the goodness of human experiences, the, the, the best expressions of human sacrifice. Really, when we do those things, we are acting like God. And so this is an important gift that she gives us about pain. Notice that Julian is not saying, you know, she's not even trying to explain the pain. She is just talking about God as who God is, irrespective of whether we have pain or irrespective of whether we are blessed. Usually when things go well, it's easy to understand the love of God as if it changes like a chameleon. The love of God is a constant. Whether we are experiencing pain or whether we are experiencing good things happening in our lives, that same love is constant. And I think that is what Julian is you know, bringing to us. And the second thing that she brings is our human experience, the female human experience, as we already saw. You know, so when we are acting as the best women that we can, we are really acting like what God does. And when men are acting as the best men that they can, they are acting the way God is, you know, and so, you know, we find a lot of her work, a lot of her teachings. And I think it was in the last recording that I spoke about how she speaks about the Trinity as reflecting both the motherhood and the fatherhood of God. But in this particular time, I wanted to really emphasize how suffering, she gives us a new take in a context of extreme pain and in a context of preaching that was portraying God in ways that God is really is not. And so she speaks to us about a constant, that we need to hold on to the reality that God's love, as she says, is infinitely beyond anything. And I just want to read that again because I think we need to be reminded. And I want to reread where she says this vision that she saw a small, small thing in her hand, a hazelnut, 
and she was told that this represents everything that exists both now and forever because God loves it. She says, I saw three truths. The first is that God made it. The second is that God loves it. And the third is that God sustains it. And she says, the love of God most high is so wonderful that it surpasses all knowledge. And so this is what we need to hear in the midst of our pain. And it is the most difficult thing to hear, but it is where the light of God enters into our pain and enables us to go through our pain and to come out there. People that can reach out to our communities, people that can talk about the love of God and people that can talk about the experience of God in our pain. And so we give thanks for Julian and I hope that her reflection on pain has encouraged someone today because it encourages me when I go through periods of pain because it's so difficult at that moment to believe in God's love. So thank you, and we will move on to the next woman. Radio Veritas. Let us now join together in reciting the divine mercy. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell, and on the third day he arose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Eternal Father, I offer you the body and blood, soul and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, in atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. 
for the sake of his awful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his awful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his awful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his awful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his awful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his awful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Eternal Father, I offer you the body and blood, soul and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, in atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his awful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his awful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his awful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his awful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his awful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his awful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his awful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his awful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his awful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his awful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Eternal Father, I offer you the body and blood, soul and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ in atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his awful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Eternal Father, I offer you the body and blood, soul and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, in atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his awful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his awful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. 
for the sake of his awful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his awful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his awful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. Eternal Father, I offer you the body and blood, soul and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, in atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God, Holy Mighty One, Holy Immortal One, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God, Holy Mighty One, Holy Immortal One, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God, Holy Mighty One, Holy Immortal One, have mercy on us and on the whole world. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.
Archbishop Stephen Brislin from Cape Town. You are tuned into Radio Veritas. Good news for a change. Radio Veritas, together with the multi-talented musical group, The Gifted Folks, bring you a concert in celebrating the Assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Come and join us as we praise in song on the 20th of August at the Cathedral of Christ the King in Berea, Johannesburg, at 2 p.m. The cost is 100 rand for adults and 50 rand for children under the age of 16. For more information, contact Mahadi Butelezi on 011-663-4700 or 083-992-0387. Hello, I'm Father Emil and I want to tell you a little story about St. Dominic and the miracle of the Lowe's. St. Dominic was the founder of the Dominican Order, which I'm a member, and he trusted totally in the providence of the Lord. He relied on the free will offerings the faithful would give him, and so great was his faith that even when there was no food to serve, the early friars would sit at the table and say grace. And this deep faith was rewarded more than once, legend tells us, when the angels of the Lord arrived and placed a loaf of bread before each of them. Now, in this month of August, when we celebrate St. Dominic's Feast, I'd like, in the name of St. Dominic, to invite you to be our angels of divine providence. You know, it costs about 80,000 rand per year to educate one Dominican brother. So help us educate our wonderfully gifted students as priests and help us to fulfill our mission of preaching the gospel by sending your contribution to Aquinas Community, Nedbank Eastgate, the branch code 192405 and the account number 1924202433 and help us to have Another Miracle of the Loaves.
benedicere, predicare. Laudare, we praise our Lord with our saints, benedicere, we lift our voice in song, predicare. We proclaim your word to the world. Laudare, benedicere, predicare. Sent out to preach by Dominic, sent two by two to all the world. Sent out to study the gospel of grace To find new ways to
a song to celebrate uh, St. Dominic, 800 years of their foundation. And uh, this is Laudari Benedicere. 21 minutes after 3 o'clock is the time, and you're listening to Soft Options, the show that's more than a chair on top. I'll be with you until uh, 4 o'clock this afternoon. And then uh, after 3 o'clock, uh, after 4 o'clock, uh, today being a Wednesday, you have Father Brad Mklanga with uh, his program. Well, I think it's uh, he says, I'm Father Ndabaningi. So <laughs> he brings you lots of news. <laughs> and that will be between uh, 4 o'clock and half past 5 on uh, Changing Gear here on Radio Veritas. Radio Veritas, together with the multi-talented musical group, The Gifted Folks, bring you a concert in celebrating the Assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Come and join us as we praise in song on the 26th of August at the Sacred Heart Cathedral in Pretoria. At 7 p.m., the cost is 100 rand. Contact Mahadi Butelezi on 011-663-4700 or 083-992-0387. 23 minutes after 3 o'clock and uh, it's time for a fun quiz for this hour and the number to dial for it is uh, 11 That's 11 The words let nothing trouble you or let nothing disturb you who said those words any idea 0114527115 let nothing trouble you or let nothing disturb you who said these words 0114527115 that's the number to dial here on radio veritas 576am the words let nothing trouble you or let nothing disturb you who said these words and where, I suppose? Oh, one one four five two seven double one five. Did you know that every month 55 million people go on the Internet and search the word God? And every month 17 million people search the word love. That's because God is love. But you knew that. That's why you listen to Radio Veritas. The good news for a change. And so the question uh, this afternoon is uh, the words, let nothing trouble you or let nothing disturb you. Who said these words and uh, where was she saying them? So while you think about that, uh, let me remind you, uh, the 15th of uh, August is the Feast of the Assumption. Uh, and, uh, well, it's going to be celebrated with two big, uh, uh, two big uh, concerts. 
uh, by Radio Veritas and the Gifted Folks. So we're inviting you uh, to these. The first one is on uh, the 20th of August at Christ the King Cathedral in Johannesburg, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And the second one is an evening show at the Sacred Heart Cathedral in Pretoria at 7 o'clock in the evening on the 26th of August. Tickets are only 100 rand for adults and 50 rand for kids under 16. For more information, giftedfolks.com. That's the website, www.giftedfolks.com. And uh, so let's go to the lines. Hello, you are on the radio. Not anymore. Hello, you are on the radio. Hi, Tanya. Hi, Teresa. How are you? Great, thanks. How are you? I'm not so good. Hey, so I hear. Why are you not so good, Teresa? Because my brain is so sick. Yes. Yes. But I spoke to her, was it yesterday? Yes, I think so. Yes, yes, I spoke to her yesterday, yes. Yes, and my mom spoke. So both of them are not well? Yes. Hang in there, Teresa. Everything is going to be fine, eh? Okay. Okay, Teresa. So you didn't go to school then? Excuse me? You didn't go to school today? I did. You did, yes. Okay, okay. And uh, uh, you know the answer to this. Excuse me? I'm saying you do know the answer to this. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. I'm listening, Teresa. Uh, I think the answer is Teresa. Uh, Teresa? Saint, which Saint one? Teresa. Saint Teresa, which one? I think of Avila. It is in Teresa of Avila. <laughs> so, well, I actually said this even before my judges could say yes or no, because I just know. <laughs> so they say... <laughs> so anybody you want to say hello to today, Teresa? Uh, I would like... I'd like to say hello to all the women. Nice, nice, and happy Women's Month to you, Teresa. Ah, I am not yet a woman. Ah, batung. I like that, Teresa. <laughs> so, what song do you want to play for Granny and Mommy today? Um. Uh, I have anoint my head. Which one? Anoint my head. Anoint my head. Yes, I just see one. See one. Okay. Yes. Okay, I'll try and find that for you. Okay. And uh, so, Teresa, just because you are a genius for this hour, we say hip hip, and you said. <laughs> you have a lovely one. God bless you, Teresa. Okay. Thanks, eh? Okay. And uh, so there we are, Teresa in uh, Annadale. The question was, uh, who said the words, let nothing trouble you or let nothing disturb you? And of course, uh, these were the words of St. Teresa of Avila. Let nothing disturb you. Let nothing frighten you. All things are passing away. God never changes. 
Patience obtains all things. Whoever has God lacks nothing. Gold alone suffices. These were the words. Uh, did I say gold? Gold. God alone suffices. And these were the words of Teresa of Avila. Yeah, these guys, I have no idea why they do that. Out of nowhere. And forever he reigns. Our God is awesome. Our God is awesome. Our God is awesome. Yes, he is. And I will stand upon his word to save his servant. Then I believe him. If he promised, he will do it. I shall not worry about tomorrow.
25 minutes to 4 o'clock, Soft Options, the show that's more than a children top, with me, Khanya Ditabe. And I hope you're ready for our afternoon dance for today. Well, if you are or not, let's go. And so today we remember St. Lawrence, who was born, who died around about the year 258. 
Lawrence was one of seven deacons who were in charge of giving help to the poor and the needy. In fact, the esteem in which uh, the church holds Lawrence is seen in the fact that today's celebration is actually a feast. We know very little about this man, Lawrence. He's one of those whose martyrdom made a deep and lasting impression on the early church. And celebration of his feast day spread rapidly. He was a Roman deacon under Pope St. Sixtus II, and four days after this pope was put to death, Lawrence and four clerics suffered martyrdom, probably during the persecution of the Emperor Valerian. Now, legendary details of his death were known to Damasus, to Prudentius, to Ambrose, and Augustine. The church built over his tomb became one of the seven principal churches in Rome and a favorite place for Roman pilgrimages. Now, when a persecution broke out, Pope Sixtus was condemned to death, and as he was led to execution, Lawrence followed him, weeping, Father, where are you going without your deacon? And the Pope said, I'm not leaving you, my son. In three days, you will follow me. And so, full of joy, Lawrence gave to the poor the rest of the money he had on hand, and even sold expensive vessels to have more to give away. And the prefect of Rome, who was a greedy pagan, thought the church had a great fortune hidden away. So he ordered Lawrence to bring the church's treasure to him. And Lawrence said he would in three days, he said. And then he went through the city. He gathered together all the poor and sick people supported by the church. And then he went to show them to the prefect and said, this is the church's treasure. And so in great anger, the prefect condemned Lawrence to a slow, cruel death. Lawrence was tied on top of an iron grill over a slow fire that roasted his flesh little by little. But Lawrence was burning with so much love of God that he almost did not feel the flames, we told. In fact, God gave him so much strength and joy that he even joked, Turn me over. He said to the judge, I'm done on this side. And just before he died, he said, it's cooked enough now. Then he prayed that the city of Rome might be converted to Jesus and that the Catholic faith might spread all over the world. After that, he went to receive the martyr's reward. And so St. Lawrence his feast day today, the 10th of August. St. Lawrence, patron of cooks and the poor, pray for us.
C.C. Winans and Teresa, even though we couldn't find uh, what you were looking for, 
beautiful song this we welcome you holy spirit beautiful sis one and the of the album thy kingdom come here on soft options the show that's more than a children top with me khanya ditab and uh, so uh, today of course uh, is the 10th of december no 10th of august <laughs> Yeah, I wonder, are we hoping that uh, it will be Christmas soon? I don't know. But, uh, of course, uh, today we remember St. Uh, Lawrence of Rome. We also remember a uh, uh, lady of good success of Paranik. Uh, Paranik is a place in uh, the Philippines. And uh, she is the patroness of Paranik. So the Philippines... Uh, they celebrate this big uh, this today as a big feast day for them and it was uh, this day in the year 1809 when uh, the declaration of independence of quito uh, proclaimed independence from spain on this day but failed with the execution of all the conspirators of the movement on august the the second 1810 they were finally granted their independence in 1822 at uh, the battle of uh, Piquincha and this is the country of Ecuador and so today in the year 1783 that's when uh, Louis Trichat was born uh, or, or as uh, he's popularly known or as popularly uh, called Louis Trichard. Uh, he was one of the four tracker leaders. He was born near Oudshorn in the Karoo and that was today in the year 1783. Uh, the four trackers, which uh, is literally uh, those who track ahead, were immigrants uh, during the 1830s and 1840s uh, who left the Cape Colony and then they actually moved into the interior of uh, South Africa. They decided to leave the Cape Colony for various contested and complicated reasons, but in general, the reasons consisted of both push factors, including the general dissatisfaction of life under the British rule, and pull factors, uh, including the desire for a better life in a better country. And so there were two main routes that the four trackers could follow into the interior. They could move north beyond the Orange River or northeast towards Natal. So, of course, uh, beyond the Orange River is, the, is this side, is Transvaal, as it was called. And so Louis Trichard uh, led a group of foot trekkers uh, from the Cape Colony in 1835. He was often described as a fearless but impetuous pioneer who, along with Hans van Rensburg, uh, opened up the way to the Transvaal, Lowfeld and Portuguese, uh, Portuguese East Africa. And so the two groups of uh, four trekkers under Trichard and uh, van Rensburg reached uh, the South Bansberg mountain range in 1836. And uh, Trichard and his group decided to stay near the mountains, camping near what eventually became the town of uh, Louis Trichard. Uh, Hans van Rensberg uh, moved on with his group. And in this time, Trichard actually had considerable dealings with uh, the chief Abba Venda, uh, Ramabulan. 
And according to historical documents, actually, Ramabulana gave Trichard a piece of land at the foot of the South Spansberg in 1837. Apparently, Trichard had helped him to successfully dethrone his brother, uh, Ramavanga, we told. So that's really what it was all about. In 1938, uh, Trichard's group uh, started exploring the area of the South Spansberg in an attempt to locate Van Rensberg and his group. And so they decided to head for Lorenzo Max. Uh, So they went, uh, that's east, right? Yes. They decided to to head for Lorenzo Max, a journey that took them seven months to complete, killing more than half the group, including Trichard himself and Root. He was 55 years old when he died. And as I say, he was born today in the year 1783. So I don't know if I should be saying happy anniversary to the people of Louis Trichard Makado. It's five minutes to four o'clock, Radio Veritas, 576am. Time for us to look at our prayer second for today. And so the intentions that came through to Radio Veritas today, including Mam Kinele Damani celebrating her birthday today, Father Stephen Tali also celebrating his birthday today, Bule Pagati, we couldn't get hold of her today, Sister Veritas, she celebrates her birthday, Me Vivian also celebrates today, we couldn't get hold of her. 
Helen celebrated on Saturday. We couldn't get hold of her today, but she called us back. Sister Crispina in Namibia celebrating her birthday today. We also remember the intentions of Lina Chabani in Polokwane, the intentions of the Harley and uh, Colin families, the intentions of Bernadette, intentions of Greg and Ruth, intentions of Johanna, intentions of Flo, intentions of Monye, Denise, Mary Ann Arnold, Smakaling Mudutwa, Jabulisile Machila, Tepiso, Lynette Noel, Sam, Zina, Fatima, Busi, Claudette, Ines and Manuel Kamara, Yvonne Fowler, Gilbert, Michelle and Mario. The intentions of Nkhono uh, Harriet, intentions of Ethan and Candice, intentions of Andrew, the intentions of Philomena, intentions of Harriet, intentions of Margaret. Marie, Katie. We also remember the group, Holy Rosary group, uh, Holy Rosary Peer group that's going to Holy Land. And for all these intentions and the intentions we have in our own hearts right now, Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. Father Ndabaningi, up next, his show is called uh, Changing Gear. And so from me, Khanyadi Tabe, for now, Ya Khaula, Ya, Ya. And the spirit of life Calling Just the fear of a child 